Welcome to the Fawashan Lewis Podcast. I'm your host, Haja Dalwal. And I'm the co-host, Mick Pletcher. All right, Mick. We're here at PowerShell and DevOps Global Summit 2023, and we have a special guest with us. I'm so excited because he's not only a good friend, um, the uh, chief CEO of uh, the crew, and he's also my colleague now at Microsoft. And he's a, a former um, spokesman on one of our other podcast yes. episodes. Michael Bender, welcome. Hey, guys. Hi. Good to see you guys again. It's been like ages since I believe... Uh, Ignite 2019? 2019. 2019, yeah. 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 Pre COVID, we, uh, well, that was when we had our podcast booths. Yeah, that was awesome. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The headsets, you were professional, you were in these I know. Like, they had our names on the walls. Yes. like journals and a human people would be on the wall looking at them. <laughs> yes. Hey, look at those people. They're cool. <laughs> those were great times. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah, that was good times. Yeah, yep. we had a good episode there, too. Yeah. We did. Yeah. Yeah. So at that time, you were with Microsoft, right? No, that I had just left Microsoft that summer. I was at Pluralsight. Oh, so okay. I was I was there representing Pluralsight. I was doing booth duty and you know schmoozing and you know. All right, all right, okay. The things, so, the things I do. And then now you're back. Now I'm back at Microsoft. I'm working in content development, so the skill and more responsible for everything I've learned. Uh, I work uh, in Azure Core. Okay. So my focus is Azure networking. So I'm responsible for a couple of areas in Azure networking as far as the documentation from docs, our training guides, formerly known as Microsoft Learn, which is now our entire platform, oh, entire platform which is very now. confusing. Yeah. Because sometimes we haven't been good at marketing. Because docs got shifted to... Docs got shifted mm -hmm. to learn. Yeah. And the learn modules are now training guides or modules. And we then we have the architectural center. Right. You know, Azure code samples, all that sort of stuff. So so you have, uh, you know, PMs and, and things like that that are asking you to write some of the docs. Or do you actually look at some of the existing docs and say, hey, this doesn't make sense for what we have Currently, and all of the above. All of the so, above. a a typical day is is just like all of us is like, yeah. You'd think, oh, all you do all day is write. Nope. <laughs> I have meetings with PMs. I have. I will sometimes engage with the engineers. So, I, you know, freshness is a big thing for us, and so I spend a good amount of time going through, making sure that our how-tos work, because as you know, the Azure portal changes on a regular basis. So when we have portal-based documentation that has screenshots and things like that, the steps will change. And so we get a lot of feedback that, you know, people, people when they go in, you know, especially when you're learning, if like the directions say to do this and you can't do that, you get all confused, you exactly. get flustered. So... We spend a lot of time with freshness. I, I, one of my products is Load Balancer. They are a very mature product. They have new things coming up, but not a ton of stuff. I've spent a lot of time with their team. Their team's very proactive. So a lot of times I will get things from them okay. and I simply turn them around and get them on our platform. Because one of the things that 
people may not know is a number of years back, kind of when Docs started, Scott Guthrie put out basically every product had to have minimum viable content or MVC. Every product had to ship with a minimum level of documentation. We have standards for those and we have a process. So when a, when a product goes generally available, they asked me, I have to sign off to my skip and my skip has to sign off that that product can go GA. So we have it built in that there has to be documentation because we all know you can't use our products or any product. Yeah, people need to know how to use it. Yep. With, yeah. Without documentation. And and so spend a lot of time doing that, making sure we have the best documentation for our customers. And, you know, I do a lot of like D technicalizing. Um, you know, one example is uh, I got a document from an engineer. Okay. It was a great document. However, it was very obvious that it was very technical. They were came out of CompSci because they used a lot of CompSci database type words that I had to look up on the internet to understand what that was. And so then I had to de-technical that. And sometimes I I have to provide them feedback of like, hey, you know, this you know, super great article. Good stuff, yeah but we have standards. And so that's really our role as writers. It's not like we're writing every, you know, we're not the subject matter experts. (laughs) We work with product managers that work with the engineering teams to build the product. And we create a relationship where they provide the information. And sometimes I'm able to just go and put it out there. Other times I have to have a back and forth conversation. And sometimes it's easier for me to just work with the engineers. Because at the end of the day, you're trying to make sure your audience can understand the documentation. Absolutely. So if it's too technical or too jargoned. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I'm very lucky. The teams that I work with, they all understand mm-hmm. how important the documentation is because they're working with the customers. They're getting the feedback of what doesn't work. And I'm often getting you know, quick pings from my PMs of like, hey, can you, you know, we're getting this question a lot and can you clarify this part in our FAQ or over here? And so doing a lot of that to just like, you know, fine tune things. And so it's, you know, I spend a good amount of project management time, but I also, you know, get heads down time and my meetings and, you know, so do you ever uh, go in and actually just go into the product yourself and kind of research and do it, or is it all... Absolutely. Ah. So, like, you know, we have a number of different articles. So we've got conceptual articles, which are your typical, here's what it is and why it works and why you should use it and mm-hmm. those sorts of things. Then we have quick starts, which are like, do this step-by-step this way in like five minutes. Then we have tutorials, which are the next step, which is still a do this through these steps, but it gets a bit more technical. Right. Mm-hmm. Then a how-to article is basically like the tutorial will be create a virtual network called my VNet. 
a how to will be you need to have a virtual network to deploy the service into. Uh, so the how to's mm -hmm. are where you get to the you did the practice. The quick start. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Through the quick start and the tutorial, the how to is where you apply the knowledge you learn mm -hmm. from there. So it's there, you know, sometimes people are confused and we had an MVP call where we were talking to the MVPs about the networking docs and we had a number of comments that they really appreciated that I took the time and explained oh, that. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Because it really helps learners and customers when they're going in and using our docs to understand the logic of the docs. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it makes perfect sense to us, but I think there's times when you have this huge repository that, you know, there's no quick start for docs. Mm -hmm. Or there are, but nobody goes to it because learners these days, they want, and this is something really interesting that's changed over probably the last 10 years. People just want, how do I do it? Because often they know why they need to do it. Yeah. They yeah. just want, where do I go to do how? Yeah. Because we've got to the point where we've kind of offloaded, you know, quite frankly, do you need to know what, you know, you know, what you knew about device management right. back when you worked at the college, yeah. you know, did, do we really need to be that deep? No. No. And people, when they're doing things, there are points when you need to be that go deep, you know, that T-based learner. There's times when you need to go deep into something, but for the most part, a lot of times we just need to be able to get to that information quickly yep. and it's able for us to be able to solve it. So that's a long answer. I spend a ton of time going through the how-tos, making sure that they work. Mm -hmm. So so how do the customers get in touch with you? Is it when they open tickets up with Microsoft that you all get this information that needs to be updated? Or do you talk, do, is it through the PFEs? Or? So that's a great question. So it's through GitHub currently. Okay. I believe we're trying to find the working on a better customer feedback experience mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. docs uh, because <laughs> the GitHub issues while it works is it's, it's hit or miss. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Cause I will, I will have some where I, you know, somebody puts in an issue and I'm like, I totally want to fix this, but I need more information. And I've had great experiences where I've had some great back and forth and we're able to get to a point where we either decide to make a change or we don't. But I like to provide them a, you know, hey, just to clarify, this is what really what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Here's, you know, we'll work on something. But then there's other times where we ask questions back and we don't hear back. Don't hear when, so it was, it, it could be they <laughs> simply wanted to get it out of their head. They, at a point in time, this is, you know. So, so kind of like to, to, so it's, it's so GitHub and I know that is for PowerShell because there are certain issues I've opened up with, uh, on GitHub with them and let them know about. So I'm assuming that's usually the, the now standard method for most of the public to get information, get issues fixed or raise issues with Microsoft. Yeah. Also the, the QA platform 
a lot of stuff is going on with QA. And our, our friend uh, Richard, hey, oh yeah, yeah, works over in, in QA and uh, Q and A, yeah, Q and A, and they're doing some really really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So probably over the next probably six to nine months, there's going to be some really cool things coming with QA. We'll probably have some, you know, changes with the Docs platform, as we always have changes mm-hmm. and, and ways. But but currently, best way, click that feedback button, and it gives you the option of, do you want to get feedback on the product? If it is, then it goes over to one side. If you want to get feedback on the specific Doc, then it goes to getting an issue. Mm-hmm. You know, and the other thing that a lot of people don't know, you can go and put in a pull request. So because yeah. it's all based on GitHub, you can go to the... I've done that before. Yep. Yep. I have too. Yeah, yeah. I did, th- I did that a number of times before mm-hmm. I was at Microsoft. And then, you know, the, the Sean and Mikey and Mike, the PowerShell yeah. guys that work on uh, Docs, they spent a ton of time with the PowerShell community. And this week they're doing a, they're doing a, a yeah. Docathon to go through some of the issues and but so, that's a slight catch with uh, with that with the pull request. Not all docs. There's some docs that don't have the capabilities. You need to know who to reach because it's it's managed by a, a different a team or something like that. I've run into that as well. Yeah, there's yeah. you know, and it's it's different between Azure and M365, yeah. and you know, it's different. But you know, like it's different between training material that's produced by worldwide learning and the ones that are it's yeah and it's of course, complicated. and of course one way that they can is if if in that area they know an mvp that's in that area they can get a hold of them and then they have direct access to communicate also that's yeah, another yeah. option there yeah so i want to uh, flip over now so i know you have um uh well you're, you're pretty known in the industry for training and you know, all that stuff that you do, a lot of, uh, you know, good materials. But you also recently started a YouTube show with Pierre. Yes. Right? Did you want to talk about that? Absolutely. Okay. So Pierre and I, I've known Pierre for a number of years. And, yeah. you know, I remember him and I were in Dubai um, <laughs> on the first Microsoft Ignite, the, the tour, tour. And me, Pierre, Rick, we're sitting around talking about, you know, all these cool things that we want to do and, you know, sharing our knowledge, you know, yeah. let's do the show, let's do the show. And when I came back to Microsoft and, you know, of course, talking with Pierre because he's a good friend of mine and we just started, you know, chatting back and forth. And then he, Azure Networking, fell under his purview mm-hmm. as a cloud advocate. And so I'm like, hey, we should do... A monthly show on what's new with Azure Networking. Yeah. So it's called Wired for Hybrid. We do a YouTube. It's also a podcast. I'm available on your all your favorite thing. <laughs> <blah, blah>, <laughs> um, we'll get you the link below. And had to do the you know yeah. had to do the marketing sales. But basically, what we do is we we take the Azure updates that come out. We look at the last month, what's gone generally available, mm-hmm. and. We don't just say Azure front door release this new thing, which is what the updates do. Is they got to yeah, they talk about talk it. about it. Mm-hmm. We talk about what it is, mm-hmm. why it's important, and why it's important to our audience, typical IT pros. Exactly. Yeah. We 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 you know kind of do the color commentation on that, and then what we we've also started doing 
is we're starting to do deep dives as well. So we're going into, we just, we have one coming out that's going to be a deep dive on Azure Front Door that we did with one of my teammates that's the lead doc writer for Front Door. We're going to be doing another one on one of the products that I work on, Azure Virtual Network Manager. We're going to be doing a couple of deep dives with one of the PMs from there. And so on top of that, we're going to be putting these like, they could be five, 45 minutes long or they could be three hours. I hope they're not three hours. Oh, my God. Yeah. But yeah. We're, we're, boom, we're going to go in. Here's how you use the product. Here's how you roll this stuff out. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's good because a lot of people have also visual, right? Absolutely. So mm-hmm. you're showing them, you're doing the demos, and you're talking about it. Then, you know, that's excellent. I, I, I yep. watched one, you know, the first one, and I was, like, pretty uh, excited about it. And then you also do so. That's exactly what we do. Exactly. Our podcast. We look at what's what's new out there. What's what's affecting things like PowerShell, whether it's security related, and then we highlight those, and then we talk about it. Like we kind of like this is what this is talking about, or this is what this person actually blogged about, and it's pretty cool, and this is what it does. And it kind of puts the thought in people's minds yeah. that it, yeah. you know it doesn't go too deep, but yeah. it gives a, a, our audience the thought, you know, I yeah. can go out there and Google it and find it and investigate yeah. more if we if I'm interested in it. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, what we, we put together, so we put together a blog post for each one of them on itopstalk.com and then Peter does a, yeah. uh, does a does a LinkedIn newsletter mm-hmm. and so that goes out and basically it has you know we kind of do you know the written of what we're talking about then we put a bunch of links and references to to stuff and learn so people can actually go into it and, yeah. and play around with that's it cool. and, and, and that sort of stuff and uh so, awesome. you know, we've, we've had really good traction and, you know, we've only been at it for probably about four or five months. Oh, really? And so we, our first show was in December. And, okay. and so, you know, we've just been kind of seeing how it goes. And, you know, as, as you all know, it's, you know, stuff like this is, it's hard to define impact yeah. because... There aren't always... Is it the viewership? Is it, is it, it no, You know, it, I'm of the yeah, belief yeah. that if you put it out there, that eventually that is going to... It's it's like the snowball going down yeah. the hill. Is that yeah. you just need to push it. Yeah. And you need to keep pushing. Some snowballs will just stop. But eventually you'll get... They'll keep rolling and rolling and exactly. rolling. That it's a matter of just keep putting it out there that it will... Eventually it'll stick. It'll, it'll eventually stick, and then you'll see those returns on investments. Yeah, You're exactly right. I, it's like on my blogs, I've got about 327 blog entries on there. About 327. <laughs> Somewhere around that. <laughs> and uh, if, if I'm recalling right, that was my last count. But it, it's like, in some, I've got horrible stats on others. Fantastic! They're through the roof, and and it's just and that's exactly how I did those. It's I just, just kept what, on steadily. What with people, yes. The content you're putting out. Yep. And now I have more than two million hits on my site. That's so, crazy. you know, it's yeah. And podcasting. So, and also like recording voice. I think you have some tips. <laughs> Let's get into that. Tips. So, uh, yeah, we were. You know, we were 
talking before we went on the the mic, we were talking about you know how do how do we create content? How do we yeah you know build content? And you know it's interesting because nobody's it's just the three of us in this room. The listeners they're gonna you're gonna be listening to this on your little device probably with your in the car or where, car yeah. wherever yeah you don't realize that you know there's three guys that are all mic'd up through a device and then this thing is going to get audio engineered and you're going to have to do this and that and the other thing but there's a lot that goes into there's it a lot. And, yeah you know i was telling mick and harjeet before we started recording that they asked, you know, how do you prepare to, to let's say, you know, record a video? Uh, I learned from Don Jones a number of years back. I talked to John Don about his, you know, how he works and stuff like that. And one of the tips that really stuck for me, the first time I heard it, I'm kind of like, mm-hmm. but it made is perfect this, sense. Is this hocus pocus? Is this hocus pocus? <laughs> Um, is what I do is let's say I'm recording a uh, module the next day. I will go through my outline the night before. I will go through my demos, you know, kind of just walk through them, get a general idea of what it is. Then I'll go to bed and then get up in the morning and I'll start either writing or recording or whatever I'm doing. What I'm allowing instead of what we typically think of, of content creation is that you sit in front of the computer or typewriter or whatever and come up with stuff. You get the brain to do it overnight, and when you wake up the next day, it's it magically is there. I know it's not magic. It's I know it's brain science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it seems magic. It's like we were saying. It's like the shower. When you're in the shower, yes. you get your best ideas. Or in the car, you get those those mm-hmm. ideas that come to you because the brain is amazing. And mm-hmm. you know, I think you know you just have to put it to work. And um, so that's you know one of the techniques that that I've used that's been right. you know helpful. And sometimes you know sometimes it's great, and boom, I can get stuff done super quick. But other times, even though you got the ideas, you know, you still have to get through it. It's, you know, it might sound easy and it might look easy when you see people, you know, Mm -hmm. like me and Harjeet and Mick and all these people doing their things and, you know, getting on the mic. There's days where, you know, when I was full-time authoring at Pluralsight, I would have weeks where I just didn't have it, and uh, it's difficult. Uh, some people are able to get over that better. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Greg Shields is amazing, an amazing content creator, and um, Tim Warner, Tim Warner, and and you know that you know for me. I have to be in the right mindset because you can tell when somebody's phoning it in. Yes. And I can definitely tell the things that I phoned in. And I don't want to do that because what we're sharing is so important. 
I would prefer not to do it yeah. as opposed to phone it in. The other thing is that uh, what people should realize is that as we, all of us here, the three of us and so we are content producers in one way or another, right? You do a different thing and all this stuff. But there's so much that goes into it. Like that's not what people see. Mm -hmm. They just see the end product, but it's that earlier stage of like, coming up with it, the preparation, then actually doing the recordings or mm-hmm. the, you know, the writings, and then the post-production that can take like three times longer than what, right? It's a steep learning so, curve. Yeah, yeah. So I always appreciate content producers like yourself and, uh, you know, and anybody else because, hey, it's not easy. Well, you know, one of the statistics I read here, and this has been a few years ago, was that 93% of uh, Americans are uh, consumers and 7% are producers. You see? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it puts... There, there's plenty of room for people mm-hmm. to um, to get out here and, and create their own content. Not, not only that, the investment in equipment yes. and, and software is also yes. pretty steep. And yeah. time. Yeah. It's like, for instance, this, you know, Harj gets, usually gets our speakers uh, lined up for us, but then I have to come in the back end and do all the editing, mm-hmm. and that can take hours and hours and hours yep. um, mm-hmm. to do it, if you really want it to sound good. Yeah. So any, any feedback about this conference, PowerShell conference? So I love this conference. Um, what drew you here? Uh, Speaker. <laughs> I was a, my first time at PowerShell conference was 2018. I don't think I was speaking that year, but I got the, I was still at the college and, you know, I was able to get it you know, as one of my mm-hmm. development trips. And I'd always wanted to come out. People, you know, been telling me, oh, you got to go to PowerShell Summit. And so I came out, and it's such a great community. And, um, you know, I've, I've done a ton of work in the PowerShell community as far as, you know, answering questions or, you know, I don't spend a lot of time on the bridge or Slack or any of those areas because my brain can't handle all of the, mm-hmm. the I spent enough time on teams and all that other stuff. Yeah. That all of these other things are just a distraction for me. But, you know, over the years I've done a lot of, you know, entry level PowerShell talks and PowerShell mm-hmm. learnings and courses and stuff like that. That So it's just always been a area that I think is important. And, you know, I love the, you know, this year, particularly, mm-hmm. um, the soft skills talks are the ones that are the most important for me. Yes. If I never did another technical talk in my life, I'd be perfectly fine. Yeah. The soft skills talks That's are what are important to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we, we're moving to this point where we don't need to be super technical. We mm-hmm. don't need to be, and we, we don't need to know everything. It is perfectly fine to be a generalist. I've yep. been a generalist my entire career, mm-hmm. but it's it's that T-type learning where you're broad, you have an understanding. That That's the only way you can be successful, whether it be Azure, AWS, or Microsoft 365, is that it's not like the on-prem days where you can just be an exchange admin. Right. Yeah. That if you don't have a full understanding of 
networking, compute, management, security, storage, yes. and a few yes. other things on the yeah. Azure side, yeah. you're not going to be successful. You don't have to know everything about them like, like I was saying no. before. You can just build a storage group and making sure that it's in the right region, making sure it's, you know, all the things you need in order to get everything connected. That's all you need to know. So, but people need to be able to have conversations. They need to be able to know how they build mm -hmm. their networks. They need to know, you know, especially with what's, you know, the, the stuff with, um, large language models and generative mm -hmm. AI and chat GPT and all that sort of stuff is that I've actually started reading books on rhetoric and logic because prompt engineering, that's the new world. Being able to ask the right questions mm -hmm. and have a conversation with these models and get the information out of it. Prompt engineering. That is, that's the new world. Yep, we were talking about that on one of our other episodes uh, we recorded here, and yes, you're exactly right. It's going to be a combination. We were talking about that, about the, the PowerShell and the um, uh, Copilot, and how prompt engineering is going to be more, it's going to take over more that than actually being able to write the script directly. It's telling it how to write the script. Yeah, because, you know, it's trying to be an internal optimist. I'm not an internal optimist, but I'm optimistic that change is inevitably good. Mm -hmm. That I'm also a fan of history as well. Nobody liked the tractor when it first came out. But eventually, everybody had to have a tractor. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot of places this can go that are not good. But there are a lot of amazing doors that this can open up for us. Oh, yeah. How many of us like to write emails? We don't. No. Nope. How many of us like to do an executive summary or summarize what we just nope. did for the week? Nope. You know? Copilot in Microsoft 365, being able to, at the end of the week, go, what were the biggest things that I did this week? Summarize this, blah, 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 put this all together. Even if it's just for yourself, yeah. to be able to have somebody go over the work you've done and provide you that. That's huge. Because yeah. there, you know, there's some school of thought that say, well, if you go through that practice, you better understand that. Is that practice really going to drive me forward? Or is just having that what I need to be successful? Because, you know, I also, always like to, you know, Scott Hanselman talks about you have a limited number of keystrokes in your lifetime. Do your best to limit how you do those. So that's why I do my demos in video. Uh -huh. so that I can use them over and over and over again. Not that I don't have to type them in, but I only have to type them in the time when I make the video. Yeah. Is the same thing with these things, is that how can we use these to make yourself more productive, just like we did with the gas engine, with, with tractors, with, with all these things, that these are tools to allow you to be more productive, to be the knowledge worker and 
to get rid of some of the things that are simply mundane. We still have to, like, like you were saying, Mick, is somebody still has to know what you're writing. Yeah. At this point, mm-hmm. there's probably going to be a point, you know, when, we, when it becomes sentient, then, you know, all bets are off. Um, but you still have to be able to go, I want a PowerShell script that does this and this, that does this, you know, you know prompt an engineer. And people that are successful at that, they still have to have that background. Exactly. They have to understand PowerShell. Plus, I've done a ton of this. Very rarely do I get it come out where it's 100% correct. Mm, Yeah. There's a lot of hallucinations that I see in code that I'll some... I've seen it. I've seen made-up parameters. I've seen other things, but as a general, it provides a great rough draft. It does. It. It. it you're exactly right. It gets the um, the the um, grunt work part of it done. Yeah. That you come back and fine tune. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's what we've been doing. That's. There have been a couple, I will say this, there have been a couple ones I did tell it one time to uh, write a script that would connect um, PowerShell to SQL Server, and it wasn't even close. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just didn't even <laughs> yeah. come even close to it. The whole script was just incorrect. But it learned. I, I went ahead and pulled one of my old scripts. I think I talked about this on another episode. Pulled one of my old scripts and um, and and uh, you know fine-tuned that, and then I posted it back up, and I said, this is what you should have you uh, written yeah. and it learned it. Yeah. So it definitely adapts. Oh yeah. All right. Definitely. This is a great talk. Yeah. So what was your talk here? Yeah, yeah. So I two talks. So my talk last night was on Azure Culture. Mm-hmm. So talked about, you know, just basically, you know, introducing again, you know, people to Azure Cloud Shell and, you know, showing how to how to do different things with it and I think it's a fantastic tool for um, for people to be able to interact with Azure. There's, you know, unfortunately, I wish the talk was going to be in like six months, okay. but maybe next year. There's a ton of stuff that um, not only with Cloud Shell, but also with SSH that the PMs, um, Jason Helmick and Danny Martins are huge investments. So there's going to be some huge changes coming down the road for Azure Cloud Shell and SSH that's going to make people, the, the goal is to make it a daily driver, to make it like VS Code where, okay, Azure Cloud Shell is going to be an environment that this is going to be your go-to environment to work with. Oh. Will it get there? Who knows? But that's that's what the goal is, and we're putting in some really cool investments okay. to do that. My other talk tomorrow is going to be with the OnRamp community is talking about uh, cloud career. So basic career. Yep. Okay. Uh, basically, it was going to be more of a career talk and less cloud, but there's been so many career talks that it's going to be a little combination of because it's an entry level group. I'm just going to cover the basics of here's what you really need to know to understand cloud. the cloud. Here's a ton of resources mm-hmm. for you later to get your cloud journey mm-hmm. started. Talk about some career stuff. Mm-hmm. Leave plenty of time for questions. And 
I'll figure nice. the rest out before I have to give it tomorrow morning. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Michael, it's been great. We had a lot of different conversations. I mean, I, we could go on speaking for two hours. Oh, we could. <laughs> but this the episode will be too long. <laughs> we should bring you back. We should. You know, Definitely. Absolutely. Anytime. Feel, yeah. free to, feel free to reach out at any time. Yeah, you know, if you ever wanted to have a deep dive conversation into um, content development, I've been doing some super, super cool things with GitHub Copilot and oh, some awesome. of those for building content, not just code, but building content and productivity and some yeah. other stuff. And oh, it, nice. I think it'd be super cool to have. This is why we need to bring back. Yeah, have, definitely. Have a conversation. A few times. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, just one little note. I use. Um, Chat GTP now or GPT? I keep saying GTP. I, I did the same thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I, GTP. I, I think so too. <laughs> I do that all the time. Um, and the, one of the things I use it for is I don't write any of my emails. I write a rough draft, paste it up there, and say improve this. And and it does a fantastic job. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. All right. So until next time. Well, first of all, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's awesome. And until next time, you know how to find us. I'm at, I'm Hooch on Twitter, H-O-R-G-E. And I'm Mick Pletcher on Twitter. It's Mick underscore Pletcher. All right. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers.